girl. Hello, girls, ladies, gaities, and ladies. What is popping? Happy Sunday. The dogs are in here with me, so if you hear some little pitter-patter or some little crunching, I'm doing my best to keep them quiet, but I can only do so much. That's all I have to see, doggies. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time here, uh, hello, welcome, thank you for being here. If you are a returning listener, thank you for coming back. Like I said before, I was so rudely interrupted, literally 20 seconds into recording. If this is your, you know, not your first time here, thank you for coming back and supporting me. Um, I'm trying to stay consistent with this, trying to keep it interesting, trying to keep it fresh and new. Consistency is not really my jam. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, people. But either way, thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. I don't have any updates. Can you sit down, please, and stop making noise? Thank you. Don't have any updates. Um, But I am taking suggestions for shows since we're just kind of getting back on track. And since that's about it, I will get right into the recipe for the week. Oh my God, I'm starving. So we're going to do stuffed, what do you call those? Chicken breast. Oh my God, I forgot the word for chicken breast. Help me, Lord. Stuffed chicken breast. So we're going to stuff our chicken boobies with, ma'am, all that grunting. I don't know if any of you own a pit bull, but do y'all make as much noise as this one does? Because she be farting and grunting and making all kind of sounds like a big grown man. And it's, I'm used to chihuahuas and it's throwing me for a loop. Anyways, let's get back to our chicken boobies. As you know, chicken boobs can be very thick and big. So if you want to stuff these you got a butterfly. If you don't know what that is, you basically just fillet them in half to where, you know, it opens and closes like a book. So baby, fillet it, butterfly it, whatever you want to call it. If you don't know how to fillet our butterfly, you can look it up on YouTube really quick. Basically the way my mom does it, because I don't like touching raw chicken. She takes that fat ass chicken breast, puts her hand on top of it to smush it down flat and just cuts it down the middle, but doesn't cut all the way through because then it'll be you know, two separate pieces. You got to keep it together. Um, so you can add the, the the filling without the chicken just like falling apart. So you're going to need four chicken breasts. Excuse me. Four chicken breasts, some olive oil to saute them babies in, um, some paprika, salt, garlic powder, onion powder, Half a block of cream cheese, softened. Ugh. Cream cheese is disgusting on its own. When you mix it up with other shit, it's scrumptious. A fourth cup of grated Parmesan cheese. You can add more than that if you want. We always add more cheese. We really like cheese in this household. Two tablespoons of mayonnaise. A cup and a half of fresh chopped spinach. You can use frozen. I mean, frozen's cheaper. It's easier to find. Just let it sit out and pat that shit dry. Um, You're going to mince your teaspoon of garlic, and then you're going to use half a teaspoon of red pepper flakes. Now, while you're prepping, just preheat your oven to 375. Ma'am, 
why are you breathing so hard during my podcast? Oh, it's so hard being a dog mom sometimes. Um, you place your chicken breasts on a cutting board and drizzle it with olive oil. Never mind, you're not going to sear it or saute it or anything. Um, drill the cutting board with oil. Add your seasoning, your paprika, your salt, garlic powder, onion powder to a small bowl and stir it up. <laughs> Mix all your seasonings in a bowl together. I'm not going to tell you how much to use because some people don't use as much seasoning as I would. Um, I always tend to use a little bit more because I, I find it's kind of never really enough just following the recipe. You can add as much or as little as you like. I know some people prefer less. Um, but like I said, you're just going to cut, yeah, almost like a pocket into the side of your chicken breast and just put that to the side, baby. Then you're going to add your cream cheese, your half a block of cream cheese, um, just four ounces, your Parmesan. Supposed to be one fourth cup, but like I said, sometimes we throw the whole bag in there. Your mayo, spinach, garlic, red pepper. And then some salt to a mixing bowl and stir it up really, really well. Then you're going to put the spinach mixture into the chicken breast. Into the little chicken breast pop. Yeah. Put it in a glass um, baking dish. Or if you don't have a glass, the nonstick metal ones will work fine. And bake it for 25 to 30 minutes on 375. Just make sure you use your meat thermometer. Make sure it's the correct temperature. Make sure it's nicely browned and crispy. You know, don't just take this recipe for gospel. Like, you need to really pay attention to that shit. Make sure it's all right. We don't want nobody getting salmonella up in this bitch, okay? So make sure your chicken is cooked all the way through, especially your chicken. Make sure it's cooked all the way through, especially, like I said, chicken breasts are on the thicker side. And, you know, you also have filling in the middle so you really have to make sure it's cooked properly okay now that your chicken is all cut up prepared filled and in the oven we're gonna get into our episode for this week and remember that the dishes discussed on this show pair best with a side of crime and here's your side dish this week's episode is about the watcher Y'all, okay, you may have seen this movie on Netflix, but if you haven't, here's the lowdown on The Watcher House. This isn't your typical true crime story. There's no murder. There's no blood, guts, killers who are never found. Although the suspected perp is never found, they're not a killer. It's crazy. I watched this movie a few years back on Netflix. I was like, oh, you know, NBD didn't really realize that it was based on a true story or you know taken from true events however they say it now but in the summer of 2014 Derek Brodus bought the house of their dreams in Westfield New Jersey for 1.3 million dollars of course it's your dream home if it's over a million fucking dollars the six-bed four-bath home was built in 1905 However, after the house was sold, neighbors noticed that the house was empty for the entire summer. Why would you spend $1.3 million on this house and you're not staying in it? You know, you paid a lot of money for this house. It has a lot of rooms. It has a lot of bathrooms. Why isn't anyone in it? 
For some reason, the new owners did not want to move into their home. Less than a year after buying the house, the owners put the house up on the market. Strange. They bought it, paid a lot of money for it, never lived in it, and then put the home on the market. Say some prayers for me if you're listening and you're religious. I'm losing my mind. No one wanted to buy the house from them, though. Um, they were unable to get rid of the house, the house that someone claimed to be watching. The Watcher, as this person was called, wrote three letters to the Brodus family. Three days after purchasing the property, the family got their first letter. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them out. 657 Boulevard is anxious for me to move in. That is a quote from one of the letters according to New York Magazine. Um, continued, it has been years and years since young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It's far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. So that is <laughs> the first letter. Very weird. Obviously, that would have freaked my being too, and I would not have wanted to move into the house. I'd have been like, what the fuck? Letters that followed said, and there are two more letters that he wrote. This is one of them. Have they found out what is in the walls yet? In time, they will. It is now my time. Why are you here? I will find out. Now they have to flaunt it. They pay the price. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought with me. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood that you have brought to me. Will the young blood play in the basement? Letters that followed, two more letters that followed that one. One of them said, Who am I? I'm the watcher. And I've been in control of the home for the better part of two decades now. Which is very weird because, you know, this was not coming from the people who owned it. Um, so there's no saying who, who would have thought or thinks that they are in control of this home. Perhaps uh, they could have written it off as a sick prank, of course. Uh, Somebody with dark humor, someone playing a joke that wasn't very funny. But then letters came in which the watcher seemed to confirm that he was indeed stalking the family. Yikes. He wrote, you have changed it and made it so fancy. It cries for the past and what it used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. When I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Stop changing it and let it alone. Mind you, this is their home that they paid over a million dollars for. And some random is sending them letters telling them to stop changing their million dollar home. 
2015, the couple attempted to sue the previous owners of the house for failing to disclose its history. The Brodus' attorney claimed that the couple was consumed by stress, anxiety, and fear on a daily basis due to the threat of what the watcher would do, which at least I think is understandable. They said that they would have never bought the house had they known about the watcher. Obviously, they would not have bought it had they known some weirdo was going to start sending them letters claiming that he used to roam the house and calling their children young blood. They claimed that the previous owners had gotten a letter from the watcher, but had never disclosed it to them. Now, the former owners, the Woods, said that the letter was non-threatening and that they threw it in the trash. Like, they just were like, whatever, this is junk mail, this is a joke, whatever. So, they countersued the Brodus family, saying that they were being defamed. Um, the Woods' family said that they lived in the home for 23 years and never had an issue. Another neighbor received the letter from the watcher around the same time that the Broadduses did. Another neighbor identified someone living in the neighborhood as a possible suspect. Um, the Broaddus family hired a PI and an ex-FBI profiler in an attempt to find the identity of the so-called watcher. The profiler concluded that it was someone in their 50s or 60s who lived nearby. The PI staked out the area and said that the neighbors seemed normal. The police and prosecutor's office worked on the case, and the mayor even made a statement to the town saying that if they knew anything about the watcher, to please speak up. In October of 2017, the Broadus put the house up for sale again, making this the third time that they tried to sell the house since they had purchased it. They listed it for $1.1 million, which is significantly less than they bought it for three years prior. Um, the, whole, the home sold in July of 2019. I don't think the, the current owners have had any incident, and no one has ever been arrested in the case of the watcher. Now, I am not 100% sure what you think about this case. If any of you listening have any questions, comments, concerns, tips, info, tea about the Watcher case, please feel free to DM me on Instagram at with the side of crime and let me know. That is our case for this week. Very short. I'm looking for ways to elongate this podcast um, to where it's not just me running through a case. Um, I'll figure it out. I'll definitely figure it out. Um, Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.